It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait, can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Adrian Leiser here with Jake Hatch, and it is a shortened version of us today. We're only with you for the next hour before uh, Utah and Arizona State pregame gets going here on the Zone Sports Network. But first, it is a... It's starting to get chilly, Jake, but welcome to winter-ish. How are you? We've definitely... I think we've officially entered fall. Like, real fall fall. People love fall. I hate fall. Really? You don't like fall? No, because winter comes after fall. Okay, I get get that. I get that sentiment. And I'm a a warm-blooded individual. I prefer heat. Yes, you are. You said you would would drink a latte on the surface of the sun. Yes, I would, yes. Yeah, no, I get it. And And not even an iced latte. I would drink a regular (laughs) one. Well, it, yeah, but it is. People love it. It is football weather. It's football and, uh, weather. It's, Let's uh, go. We're we're into uh, fall break. All the local the the high schools, junior highs, elementaries, they're off this weekend mm-hmm. for fall break, and so um, it's official officially fall here along the Wasatch Front. So, and a big one tonight. But we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to get into this Utah Arizona State game. Of course, BYU takes on Boise State today Correct. as well, and, or later on tonight at 8.15 is the scheduled tip-off. Yeah. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll Utah slide. State also with yeah. Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna, we'll get into a little bit of jazz to wrap up the show today to talk uh, kind of what our thoughts of the preseason were as uh, the regular season gets starts next Wednesday. It's crazy. crazy. Yep. It, it's here. It's here. It's all here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, this this will be a fun one because, hey, it's just a short version. So podcast us. If you miss any of it, this can be your drive into the game podcast if you want. Yeah. And uh, we'll get you through the rest of the way. So, and of course, if you're a big Cougar fan, make sure to follow Jake on Twitter and uh, get to get subscribed to that Locked On podcast. Yeah, Locked On Cougars, but also... I'm hosting the Cougar oh, Pre hosting yes. tonight. Jake Hatch will be hosting with Will Snowden down yeah. there at JCW, so make sure you get down there. You're going to have a late night tonight. It'll be a late night, but I'm excited for it's it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, if, uh, following us up there at the University of Utah, it'll be Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce up there on the pregame for you. So yeah. they'll have them post. That's why we're, we love what we do is we're everywhere giving you all the pre- and post-game coverage here on the Zone Sports Network because we can. It's a, we have it, the ability to do it. Yeah, it truly is a blast. We love doing it. But, like, people ask me all the time, like, do you love what you do? I'm like, well, yeah, this is, this is the best job in the entire world. It is, it is. So uh, let's get into it, Jake. Let's okay. start with this Arizona State versus Utah game. It is, the, uh, it is a ranked matchup in the Pac-12 which is kind of a big deal considering who keeps everyone keeps beating each other with that Stanford UCLA <laughs> game earlier this week. Yep. But we kind of talked a couple weeks ago about how now we're getting to the meat this season. We get to really see what all these teams are made of. Um, you know, Arizona being four and two, they take on the USC today, three and three. But Arizona State and Utah both five and one on the season, two and one in Pac-12 play. Uh, ASU lost to Colorado. Utah, of course, lost to USC. Utah thirteenth, Arizona State seventeenth. But when it comes to this Arizona State team, they've been in a lot of close games, Jake. Yes, they have. That have come down to the wire, whereas Utah has had the luxury of uh, blowing out the last couple of their opponents, and then, in, in fact, most of their opponents through the course of the season, other than that USC game. So, 
kind of off the top of your head, what are you expecting tonight? Well, here's the thing. PK pointed the, pointed this out earlier in the week, and of course, PK uh, graduated from Arizona State. But Herm Edwards, in his coaching tenure at Arizona State, do you know how many times Adrian his teams have lost by double digits? You know, I we had Michelle Gardner on earlier in the week. Uh-huh. She covers ASU, and she told us the stat, but I forgot it. One game. One game. It was the bowl game against Fresno State where they lost Mm. by 11 points. The way Herm Edwards coaches his teams, they don't commit turnovers. They keep games close. It's very much an NFL style that he has brought to Arizona State. And the line, as I'm seeing, has been set all week between 13 and 14 points. So nearly two touchdown deficits. Which is a really interesting line because of what you're talking about. And then also, they're only separated by a couple in the rankings. Yeah, so and they still think this is kind yeah, of a butt so kicking. The, the, the odds makers in Las Vegas think that there is something up with Arizona State, that they're a little bit of a paper tiger, I guess, mm-hmm. in their mind. I think that Arizona State's going to cover the spread tonight. I think they'll be inside that 13 or 14 points. But I still think Utah's going to win this game. Uh, it's just kind of my gut feeling on it. I've had a couple other people talking to me this week saying, this is a game that Utah could absolutely just uh, come out and be flat and Arizona State gets them again. I get that. I get the history against Arizona State. I get all of that. But I just have a gut feeling that Utah this year, this team has kind of laid their egg already against USC early yeah. on this season. And I think they're pretty focused here. And I think they'll take care of business. Yeah, the whole history tells us thing. I don't. I've never really bought into that myself, just because every team is so different. In some every cases, year. I do though. In some, yeah. yeah, maybe. But I think a lot of those times, like when it comes to Washington and Utah, like <laughs> you could say history would tell us that Utah always loses that game. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Washington is supremely talented. Mm-hmm. They are every single year. That's a top. That's a team that has been to the playoff. Like Correct. that's why those games are that way. So, but as far as recent history, Jake. As far as this season would go, mm-hmm. you could argue that it will be a close one. I kind of get the feeling they're going to cover, and we can talk about what uh, Utah is with that spread. I feel like this is a two to three score game okay. in the end because of how well they've been playing. I think you're right about the USC game kind of being the one because you and I were both surprised by that outcome very much when Utah went in there and lost that game. Yeah, um, they certainly have turned things around, and maybe if they hadn't played anyone of high quality these last couple weeks but they did get that nice win over washington state and really i know washington state's ended up now three and three but then at that point they were really good yeah so i think utah actually is going to take care of business pretty well tomorrow maybe the weather kind of makes things or tonight maybe the weather makes things equal a little bit it's looking a little gloomy who knows but uh i i get the feeling that utah is going to win for a few reasons i think the offense is just playing so well, and I really want to see what Jaden Daniels does against this front of Utah because he's the kind of guy who's been able to escape, make really big plays with his legs. I don't know if that's possible tonight against Utah. Well, see, Jaden Daniels, he's a kid from Cajon High School down there in, in uh, the California area. His final two teams in his recruitment were Utah and yeah. Arizona State. And him winning the the job at Arizona State, I think, surprised some people as a true freshman, but he has come out and been lights out early this season. He's third in the Pac-12 in Pac-12 passing yards, 1,610 yards, 1,610 yards. Trails only Anthony Gordon and Jacob Eason in terms of yardage. 
Three of his six games so far, he's gone over 300 yards. He can use his feet when he needs to. He might be the best true freshman quarterback in the country. I There's a v- very strong argument Now I don't know that. who else is out there, but he's definitely the well, one I can think of. At the Power 5 level, yeah. for sure. He's yeah. absolutely lights out. But I, I he's completing he completed a career-best 72% of his passes with 363 yards against Washington State. And, of course, had that 17-yard run that eventually proved to be the game winner in that game. This is a young man who is not rattled by this stage of uh, this level of football. So it is a new challenge for him because Arizona State's, uh, Washington State's defense and Utah's defense are two completely different animals. But Utah does need to be aware of this young man. Isn't this? It's kind of a fun day for offensive players it does yeah. i think we're gonna have a fun it's gonna be fun just to see what the defenses have to do because you look at Jaden daniels mm-hmm. true freshman flash new guy uh looks like he could be a very special player you've got tyler huntley yeah. who's been playing extremely good football and he's being underrated severely tyler huntley yeah, yeah. and but he's senior you know you've kind of got that dichotomy then you've got the maybe the two best running backs in the pac-12 i think zach moss is the best running back in the pac-12 we got Eno benjamin who is yep. the uh, defending Offensive Player of the Year in the conference, who he himself is having a good game, basically won them a couple games this year. <laughs> yes, he has. By putting that team on his back. He's got seven touchdowns on the year, 529 yards. Zach Moss, 514, six touchdowns. Obviously didn't play a lot last week and missed a game, uh, but or missed two games. But he's a – like we've got star power at running back, yeah. star power at – quarterback mm-hmm. receiving's going to be fun brandon Ayuk is the guy to keep an eye yep, on Ayuk's good and utah's receivers have come on really strong the yes. last couple of weeks yeah so offensively we might be looking at a really fun game tonight well, and whether or not utah can shut down asu's offense i think utah will have a better chance offensively to move the ball yeah we're going to see history tonight though Zach Moss, he yes, is 55 yards away from being Utah's all-time career rushing leader. He'll set it, I'm guessing, some point in the first half based on just how he kind of goes about games. It's cool that it's going to be at home, too. And that's, the, that's the nice part. There was some concern that if he really pushed it, he could get it at Oregon State last weekend. He probably could have if he really wanted to press, but that game was over in the first quarter, so there's no point to... You're telling me five carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns is efficient, Jake? Yeah, just, just a little bit. Just and, a little bit? Yeah, but he... He, he, he could have, but to your point, he could have yeah. had a last. Week. Yeah, but he's going to be at his, he's going to be at Rice Eccles. I'm I'm not sure what they're going to do to either stop the game to honor him or put it up on the scoreboard, or whatever. But it's cool to see stuff like that take place. But you're right, Adrian. Your overall point: these are two offenses that got plenty of star power. Now, these two defenses. Yeah. Both very talented defenses that go about their business very differently. We have a 3-3-5 set up for Arizona State, which I believe is third in the conference in terms of rushing yards and like seventh nationally in passing yard averages. Yeah, they allow 91 yards a game Yeah, and uh, 262 passing yards a game. Which very is good, good defense for Arizona State. And of course, we've seen Utah's defense. They are absolutely stellar. So, By contrast, Utah yeah. allows 52 yards a game okay. rushing 218 through the air. So a little bit. Utah's obviously a little better, but... Yeah. But these are two teams that are very talented going head-to-head. Yep. The only crappy part about this, Adrian, why in the world is this on the Pac-12 Oh, Network? that's the worst thing. I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to go to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I might just stick around the arena. It might not be a bad idea. It's unfortunate. You just look at it and you're like, seriously, of all yeah. games you guys have on the Pac-12 Network, this one, a top-20 matchup. And obviously it was decided before the season yes, started. It was. And uh, then when you're the big when you're abc or whoever got to choose what channel it goes on you're looking future oregon washington which is also tonight that's obviously the orange oregon washington today that's the one that they went with so yeah and 
I see what they're they were thinking. But it's too obviously. bad. You're totally right. It just sucks. But it, but I get what I get the national perception because Oregon and Washington is one of the bigger rivalries in the Pac-12. So I get yeah. that the the national pundits before the season when they're looking at these games. Okay, we want that game. As it stands, though, I think the Pac-12 needs to look at this going forward and say, you know what. We need to have the ability to move games around in week if we have something like this breakout. Because sure. I don't think they were expecting Arizona State to be in the top 20. No, and I mean, whenever the conference started, they assumed at this point the Pac-12 network would be more accessible. Anyway. Also true. And yeah. now it's still, it's just no one, it's it's very hard to see these games on the Pac-12 network. So it's too bad. Uh, you got a top 20 matchup like that. It just sucks. Yeah, it does. So... Find out, find a place where you can watch it. That's the that's the big thing is you're gonna have to find a place to watch it if you don't get the Pac-12 network. But it should be worth the effort because yeah. it looks like these two teams are pretty pretty evenly matched in my mind. Yep, I, they, I, I'm yeah. giving the edge to Utah, but yeah, and I don't the the spread would say it's not evenly matched, but that's that's what I find so interesting. I don't know. Right now it's thirteen and a half, so yeah. it's just like. Well, and I've seen it all over the place. but It's moved above 14 a couple of times. Yeah, so. and money's coming on both sides, but it is sat pretty consistently on that two-touchdown mark. I will say, though, that Herm Edwards has surprised me. I didn't know if it would be a complete failure. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And it was a rough start for Herm, just yes. in terms of like the optics and everything. But it's worked for him. Yeah. And... You know, he came into a good situation by having Nikhil Harry and a senior quarterback, so they were able to kind of get things done. And then you pick up one of the top recruits at quarterback and maybe the best true freshman right now out there as far as that position, and your future is set up pretty well. And they're doing he's doing a nice job down there. Cannot deny it. Yeah, I would agree with you in that so, regard. So it's a big opportunity for Utah to really state claim that, hey, we are the yes. elite team in the Pac-12 South. But conversely... This is a game with its history that goes against Utah. We opened up talking about how the fact that Utah struggled with Arizona State traditionally. Yeah. I think this is the game where you kind of toss that all out the window and you just take care of business. Yeah, I, I agree. They, I think they take care of business. Then they've got a, what was thought of as a big contest next week against Cal. I think they're going to be able to make good things happen the next couple of weeks and then that Washington game. So tonight's huge, mm-hmm. not only just – in general, but it's huge as, as it comes to Pac-12 South seeding, uh, especially with two northern opponents on the other side. Absolutely. So I, I think Utah gets the win. I think uh, I hope Zach Moss scores in a 60-yard touchdown run to break the record, something like that. So like you said, they can do something cool for him it would that be he cool. can see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm picking Utah to get the win tonight. Um, and I, I think... I don't want to say handily, but I think they control most of this game. And maybe it ends up being a late score by Arizona State that puts things closer, but it won't really matter. A backdoor cover. If kind of like will. a backdoor cover. Okay. Uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about BYU taking on Boise State in a big matchup tonight. But before we do that, Jake, mm-hmm. Utah State, back um, after a bye week, after getting uh, pummeled by LSU a couple weeks ago for some reason they played that game yeah uh but Utah State hosts Nevada tonight 815 another 815 kick and um it's on ESPNU Nevada comes in on the season four and two they had that upset of Purdue Purdue yeah uh week one of the season but lost 77 to six the following week at Oregon uh then barely squeaked by Weber State UTEP Lost to Hawaii fifty five to four or fifty four to three, mm-hmm. and then they beat San Jose State in a tight one. Don't know how good this Nevada team is. I would say bad. 
Yeah, they're not great. But the interesting story about this Nevada coming in is you have Malik Henry. If any of you watched Last Chance U, uh, one of the stars of season three mm. of Last Chance U, the quarterback at Independence Community College. Once upon a time, the top-rated pocket passer in his high school recruiting class. Uh, committed to Florida State, if I'm not mistaken, yep. left there. He's going to be the starting quarterback for Nevada in this game. I don't think it's going to be much of a game. I think the Aggies will come out, shut Nevada down, and improve to three and zero in Mountain West Conference play. I don't think this is uh, this is the type of game that I think that Utah State lays the hammer on these guys and it's over pretty quickly. Yep, I think so too. Man, he kind of annoyed me in that season. I think he annoyed a lot of people. That was the last but, season I watched. But he's still he's still a name but because of he that. is a name. Yep, yeah. and he's playing for Nevada this week. Uh, interesting that that's where he ended up. He had to walk on there. He didn't have any offers. Yeah. He walked on, and now he's the starting quarterback. They've been through two other quarterbacks. I think one uh, was benched due to just ineffective play. The other had an injury, and now you have Malik Henry as your starting quarterback for the Wolf. Uh, looking for Jordan Love to have a good game tonight. That's it'd what be I, nice to I, see. I would, we would, yeah, it would be nice to see that. He's, uh, you know, he's got thirteen hundred ish yards on the season, but. He has thrown those eight interceptions to only six touchdowns, and now uh, three, obviously, against LSU, a game in which he could have made himself some cash, but that just that's a next-level LSU team, and uh-huh. you know, you yeah. never know with those games, even if he's still going to be a high draft choice for some NFL team, because I, I don't know if they actually look at that kind of thing, because, I mean, Carson Wentz yeah. played at San, or North Dakota State, like... Level of competition, I don't think necessarily matters, but he could have looked better. Absolutely, certainly. He's had multiple games with multiple interceptions yep. this season. For a guy who has been considered a top against P five opponents, yeah, too. against yep. a, a top level uh, NFL caliber quarterback, you want to see more steady play out of him. I think tonight's a good chance for him to go out and just really kind of get rewrited at yep. home. Yep, you know, back on conference on that conference train, and yeah, uh, yeah. So Utah State taking on Nevada tonight. All right, coming up on the other side, we will break down. Uh, BYU as they look for themselves to right the ship as this season is wobbling maybe it already is wobbling maybe the wheels have come off a little bit and it doesn't get any easier tonight and uh, Jake will tell you all about his insider knowledge of what's going on tonight against uh, Boise State as the 14th ranked Broncos uh, head to Provo so it should be a pretty good one down there well hopefully it is for BYU fans Uh, we'll talk about that coming up on the other side this is the Saturday show brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda go check them out 10860 South Auto Mall Drive down there in Sandy more next here on the Saturday show whether you're stuck at the mall in the yard or making a quick trip to the home improvement store We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jay Catch. He is Adrian Lizer. We are your hosts here on the shortened, abbreviated edition of the Saturday Show. Just one hour today, but plenty still to talk about. We talked about Utah and Utah State in the last segment. Well, there's one other local team in action tonight, and that would be the BYU Cougars sitting at 2-4 and four on the season as they welcome in number 14, Boise State, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Scheduled to kick off at 8.15 p.m. Mountain time on ESPN2. Of course, we'll have pre- and post-game coverage here on The Zone as well. Myself, along with Will Snowden, hosting that. So join us. But Adrian, this game, looking at it on its head, it seems like Boise State's going to come in here and roll. 
BYU. Am I wrong in that regard? I, I don't think you're wrong. And I think maybe it has to do with the order of how the season has gone. Would you feel differently if they started 0-4 and, and then have gone and went one at Toledo and at USF. So they're two and four regardless. But two and four no matter what, but they lose those first four to the P5s and then they are able to get wins at Toledo and USF. Would you feel any differently about this season? In That's a, hard. It's a hard question to ask, yeah, but would you feel differently? In a way I would because they've won two games coming into it, so they got a little right. bit of momentum. And against maybe teams that are more their level. Yeah, but this Boise State team, they're very, very good. Yeah. Of course, we still don't know the status of Hank Bachmeyer, the starting quarterback for Boise. Not one quarterback available for either team in this game, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, we we'll all know right at kickoff yeah, who's playing. No, you're, you're dead on. So yeah. in talking with people down there at BYU, they have been hoping all week that Jaron Hall would get cleared. Mm-hmm. They're going to take it as long as they possibly can in hopes that he does get cleared because they'd like to play him. But they've been preparing Baylor Romney as the starting quarterback for BYU. What did you right. think of him last week? I think in the situation he came in to do, to have to play late in a game where you're already trailing and whatnot, you're having to come in cold off the bench. Yeah. I think that was a credit to him that he actually came in and he wasn't the moment wasn't too big for him. Kind of like Jared Hall when he came in yes. at the end of that Toledo game. Uh-huh. I know that it didn't work out near the end, but he led them up the field for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that BYU they they can be confident that uh, Baylor Romney's not going to be rattled by the environment he's playing in or the level of competition he's playing against. The only issue is there's a reason why he is your third string quarterback. Right. That's the issue. But of course, Boise State lose Hank Bachmeyer in the second quarter of that game against Hawaii last week. Chase Cord and Jalen Henderson came in and it was like nothing changed. Right. And remember, I, I heard Scotty talking about earlier in this week too, uh, that because he's heavy into that Mountain West is yeah. that. The quarterbacks, Bachmeyer was 1A, mm-hmm. and there was 1B, was this next guy. Chase Cord. And yeah. it was a close battle throughout yeah. training camp and uh, or throughout fall camp, and then Bachmeyer was able to win that job. So I would not expect a huge drop-off like you're talking about mm-hmm. as Boise State if they go with their backup quarterback. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what ultimately kind of pans out quarterback-wise for both these teams. If either one of the presumed starters, speaking of Jaron Hull or Hank Bachmeyer, can answer the bell and actually start. But just looking at this, Boise State, if I'm the Broncos and I'm Brian Harson, and I'm not obviously, but if I'm looking at that film from the last two games against BYU, I'm coming in here and I'm telling uh, both my running backs, Robert Mahone and George yep. Holani, yep. guess what boys? You're carrying the ball 25 times each and we're going to ram this ball down the Cougars' throat. Oh, you each average over five yards a carry? Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's how many first downs every two touch touches? You, you each get one touch, get us first down. You guys are just going to roll yep. all night long and I absolutely I understand, I absolutely get why you would want to do that because it shortens the game you're on the road obviously playing in a hostile environment but i think that is the right format and byu until they prove that they can stop a rushing attack which they haven't proved all year long even in the wins or even look like they know how to stop yeah, a good rushing point. Attack. yeah exactly until they prove that you do it until they stop it yeah I agree, and especially if you have the backup quarterback in there, you rely. If you're Boise State, you rely heavily on those running backs mm-hmm. and just let him have some other high percentage throws. And I think if you're Boise State, your game plan seems pretty straightforward. If you're Boise State, yeah, and I think BYU knows what their game plan is going to be. I think everybody knows what Boise State's <laughs> game plan is going to be because it's the correct one. Yeah, sometimes the simple game plan is the right one. Yes, and if I were Boise State, it would be run, 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 a couple of shots to High Tower. Not a bad plan. Absolutely. I, do, I would attack it yeah. that way. BYU, 
the biggest issue with them is the fact that they've been in between the 20s, Adrian, this year. They've moved the ball. The issue is once they get inside the 25-yard line, that red zone area, mm-hmm. they just grind to a halt. If BYU wants to have any chance in this game, they have to score touchdowns, not field goals. And if I'm Kalani Sitaka, I'd be going into this game telling my offensive coordinator and my offensive coaching staff, guess what, guys? If we have anything under fourth and five in the red zone, we're probably going for it. Yeah, and, and I just wonder about what I, I wonder what the offensive game plan is going to be when you're down to all these backups yeah, it's a great losing question. Tyson Williams was huge but at least you still had Zach Wilson okay. now they don't have Zach Wilson maybe don't have Jaron Hall mm-hmm. backup court running backs that I mean I know that they there was a lot thought of the three guys yes. that were going to be running the ball for BYU but there is clearly a major drop off between yeah. between what Tyson Williams was bringing to the table and what the other guys are. Yeah, Tyson was expected to be the the feature running back, and guys like Emmanuel Supa and Lopini Katoa yeah. were supposed to be the complimentary guys. Well, guess what? Emmanuel Supa has now assumed the lead back role, when now you have Lopini Katoa and Sione Finau kind of playing those the complimentary roles. Yeah. But it, you're right. It has fallen off significantly. I think what BYU is doing in this game and in talking with people going into this game, they're simplifying the offense. They're going to keep things simple because you have a third-string quarterback who's making his first start. Mm-hmm. As much as we, we saw him last week kind of rise to the occasion, Boise State, Curtis Weaver, their star defensive end, etc., this is a different animal than USF. So and, totally. B- and, and BYU's down four guys on the offensive line. They're in the rotation yeah. going into this game. They're, they have uh, Tristan Hodge is not expected to play today. Uh, let's see, Kiefer Longson. They also had Thomas Schof and Keanu Saliapaga go down last week. All four of them, based on what I've heard, mm. not going today. Really? BYU's offensive line all of a sudden is extremely thin. They had about eight, nine guys that they felt like they were comfortable with in a rotation. Well, guess what? You just took four of those guys out of the lineup. BYU, this game. Against a 14th <laughs> in the country team that's looking to come in here. Also having to take a break from their conference run. Correct, yeah. So this is a business trip for Boise. Yeah, just come down here, take care of business, go right back to Boise and get ready for Mountain West Conference play again. I look at this, everything screams to me that BYU should get run off the field, but there's part of me, Adrian, knowing how this series history has gone, where BYU and Boise State played just weird games. You can think back. There was the 7-6 to six ball game where BYU went for two and didn't come up with it. Yeah. There's the 4th and 19 fake punt in the end zone from Johnny Lynn. How can we forget that I one? Know. There's so many different games. These games traditionally are close. I, for some reason, have a gut feeling that BYU will battle and it'll be tight, but Boise State still wins. I want to agree. But you think I truly do. You think it's going to be a... But nothing in the last two weeks has told me that BYU is going to fight. Okay. All right. Hey. And that there's... Especially when things start unraveling. Well, and you have every reason to believe that. they've started game strong yeah. and then they've just... Get, I don't, I don't want to say given up, but they've, they've looked like they just... It just... They've rolled over. Goes wrong, yeah. yeah. They've rolled over. Absolutely. There's no. I don't. I don't. And think maybe a home game helps, Jake. Right? They've yeah. been on the road for two straight weeks. Long road trips, mm-hmm. going to the middle of the country, then all the way down to Florida. Mm-hmm. So maybe that changes things. But I don't know. I'm a little worried about the psyche of this BYU team. So and playing I t- at home helps, though. Yeah. Obviously, against I talked, a rival. Yeah, I talked to Aaron Roderick earlier this week on Locked On Cougars. I pl- did a one-on-one with him, and I asked him, "What's the mood of this team?" And the first word out of his mouth, guess what it was? Pissed. Crappy. Oh, okay. 
He went with crappy. That's not good. And they also said we have a down vibe right now in this program. <laughs> That's not but good. But he qualified it and added that, guess what? This is when you find out a lot about your team. When mm-hmm. their back is completely against the wall. Because think about it. BYU, they got nothing to lose going into this game. They're 2-4. and four. They, they're trying to save their season here. They're going to come out fighting, in, I, I think is what the coaches are expecting from them. But I'm with you in many regards, also thinking, well, the last two weeks have shown that if you get them on a roll, yeah. they'll just they'll roll right over yeah. and let you do whatever you want. They'll let you run. So, And that's the thing about, too, if you – like, we also have to pull it into, into uh, our thoughts. I can't think of the right word, yeah. but we have to think about what Boise State has on the line, too. Mm-hmm. This is a team – that's looking to be the G five representative. Yeah, at the uh, at on, in a New Year's Six bowl. Absolutely, I don't blame them one bit. And they're fourteenth in the country. They've already gone on the road. They beat Florida State. They've gone now. They're coming down to BYU in a rivalry game that they view as a rivalry as well. Mm-hmm. This I I don't think we can forget what Boise State has on the line too, and their focus as well. I know BYU has a lot to play for as far as pride and yeah. playing for the coach, and maybe playing for a lot of coaches' jobs out there. Correct. Which this there's no denying when you're two and four, and you look the way you've looked. There are some coaches that are coaching for their jobs right now. I don't know if it's Kalani, but it's a lot of the other guys. Yeah, and uh, but Boise, they're they're playing for a lot as well. So I think that's going to be an interesting dichotomy, Jake, that you bring up. Yeah, I just, they're both playing for different things. They are playing for different things, and I just wonder which team will come in here and have the better approach to the game. Because right. yeah, Boise State, like you said, they're looking at this a business trip. It's an opportunity for them to continue to establish their reputation as the top G five program. Yep. Whereas BYU, they want to jumpstart what was once a promising season, get it back on track to a degree, and a win in a game like tonight would absolutely do that. But this is a very talented Boise State yeah, team. Yeah, it's super talented. Yeah. It's amazing how this season has gone for BYU as well. That, you know, getting out of those first four, two and two, mm-hmm. everyone went, man, we'll take that. They're going to go They're going to go. You know, we beat a down USC yeah. team, but that's a lot of talent. We beat two teams in overtime. They've yet to win a game in regular yeah. in regulation. But, you know, kind of rolled over against Washington. But, hey, that's a talented Washington team, and Utah's looking to still hang on to some sort of playoff hope. Two and two, we'll take it. Absolutely. And I and think, then it has just gone horribly wrong yeah, since then. It, and this defense... Amazing how me, two weeks di- makes that difference. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And this defense very much has got nothing to... They've got no, nobody believing in them is the easiest way to say it. They have... Yeah. They, they Everybody expects them to continue what they're doing, and that is just let people run the ball on them. Brian Keel was on with a PK in uh, uh, Frank Dolce yesterday on the zone. He said, I don't have the words to describe how I feel about BYU's rush defense right now. He, he, That's he, coming from a guy who's pretty good in his he, day. I think he had some words, but he couldn't say them on the radio. Right, right. We do have FCC things <laughs> but that we have to worry about. He's right. So it's, a, it's an opportunity here for the Cougars. Like I said, Adrian, everything tells me I should think Boise State is going to run over BYU. But just seeing this series in its past, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than some people may expect. But you're thinking it's just... I'm thinking maybe close at half. Okay. And then Boise, though just finishes I think off. I think Boise wins regardless yeah. I just I'm just thinking this is one of those weird rivalries for whatever reason they have weird games that play I just out. and I like I said I want to be with you on that mm-hmm. I just don't have a lot of belief in what BYU does and I right now I and if they come out and they win I'll say tip of the hat to you because you proved me wrong <laughs> well everything I've everything I see my head is telling me this is going to be an absolute joke because we want to believe that they're traditionally BYU is a team that doesn't play like this yeah 
they're a team that goes out, they fight, they win games, they win close games. They are a top G5 mm-hmm. caliber, in my opinion. That's where I would put them as G5. Yeah. And they are a top caliber team in that division, and they should go out and win these games. And then yet, on the field, they've shown a different yeah. they've shown differently so that's where I, I want to believe that the tradition of BYU football is one that plays better than this but they have not at least this season it's true so it's an opportunity for the Cougars here but I don't think you and I are very confident in their ability to spring an upset yes I, I would agree with you on that one so uh, I'm going to say 2-3 score win for Boise State I'm thinking a 2-3 to three score win for Utah and I'm thinking a big win for Utah State that's yeah. all what I'm thinking I I, I think I'm going to I think that Arizona State will cover. I think they'll be inside okay. kind of that 13 and a half, but I'm still thinking like a, a Maybe 10-ish, 7 to like 10 points yeah. somewhere in there. I think with BYU, I'm thinking 10 to 14 points difference roughly in my mind. I know that the spread has been sitting at 6.5 or 7 points. for, But which could is, be close. You're thinking it could be close. I don't get why that spread is close. Right. To the, I, but I also think, yeah, I think Utah State – 21 points yeah they'll go cover. out there win that thing yeah. get out of there absolutely all right coming up on the other side also don't forget pre ha, uh, pre and post game coverage for both games here in the zone sports network mm-hmm. uh hans and frank dolce up there on guardsmen for utah then they'll be uh they'll be here to do the post game show and then jake will be down at jcw's in provo with will snowden jake mm-hmm. hatch that is not jake scott jake hatch my my partner here he will be the uh, pre and post game coverage for you he'll stay up late and both will be taking your phone calls all night long so make sure you listen to both coverage both coverages of both games yeah all right so yeah we'll get we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight uh coming up on the other side it is done the Mm preseason is over for the nba and the utah jazz and uh we're going to kind of talk about what we learned in the preseason good news bad news does it matter we'll talk about that next as we wrap up the saturday show here on the zone sports network Let's go live! We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network. I am Adrian Leiser here with Jake Hatch, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AP Leiser and at Jacob C. Hatch. You can also catch all our podcasts uh, for if you're looking for the daily shows, DJ and PK, Tony and Austin, uh, Hanson Scotty and the Big Show. Make sure you subscribe to everything, but you can also catch the Saturday show on subscription there, as well as uh, Jake's Locked on Cougars podcast and uh, some soccer talk as well with Yak and DJ. You can also find uh, the Movie Zone yeah. all there at 1280zone.com or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And if you like high school football podcasts, I even do a Utah prep zone. So oh, yes. Hey, real out. quick. Uh-huh. This Lone Peak mess. Oh, that. What do you think? Before we get into the jazz, the U- I don't. I think there's yeah. a bad implementation of a rule that I understand. Yeah, the UHSAA came down pretty heavy-handed here, yeah. but they they say it's because of how the bylaws are written. Well, guess what? You guys can change bylaws. This was to me clerical error, yeah, Jake. From what I understand. The young man didn't know what he was doing because he's from out of state, well, didn't they, understand it correctly, and their entire rest of the region said we're fine with this. Yeah, and I, you know. I work in high school athletics. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of stories this year alone of people getting away with transfers okay. and a much and and they're just giving things. So I, I think this could have been handled a little differently. Now yeah. I'm not going to go into what they were, but um, the UHSAA seems a little inconsistent in my opinion. Absolutely, and that's as a coach, and I am a member, so I would like some sort of. <laughs> 
uh, I could probably get in trouble. But I, I would like some sort of consistency with what we're doing. Uh, I, do I understand why they had to do it? Yes, but this seemed to be a clerical error that could have been fixed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're dead on there. Um, assessment. Utah Jazz, they wrap up the preseason with the loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one and four in the preseason. One and four, no wins against NBA teams. Uh, but, Jake, none of them count. Yes. And then we head into the uh, the NBA regular season on Wednesday night for the Utah Jazz as they open against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But what have we learned through the preseason? We've learned that the uh, defense may not be in, uh, what we had hoped. If you're uh, wondering, could they continue this defensive stronghold on the NBA? But we've also learned that the offense might be a lot better than even realized it could have been. Yeah, they've scored a lot of points, and that's with Bojan Bogdanovic still not being able to hit very many shots. Imagine if he starts making baskets. They've scored a lot of points, but the defense might not be there. Is that a cause for concern to you, or is it, you know, when you sacrifice from some, yeah. uh, when you add a lot of offense? We've learned in this league some sometimes you have to lose a little on the defensive end. Well, the Jazz went from one of the biggest and longest teams in the NBA in terms of just the overall length of their lineups to one of the smaller because you said they traded defense for offense this offseason. I'm not all that concerned that the defense gave up all those points because we saw BYU, not BYU, Utah, Utah Jazz offense score so many points in the preseason. I'm guessing that as these players kind of gel together, and I, I'll give Quinn Snyder and his staff some time here to work on things, I think this is going to be actually a, an okay defensive team. I'm not thinking that they're going to challenge for the top defense overall in the league this year because what they gave up right. was a big part of why they were as good as they were on the defensive side of the ball. But the fact that the Jazz have been scoring in the one t- 100 teens with regularity this pre, during the preseason lends me to think, okay, the team, yes, the offense has delivered as expected, the upgrades on offense. Mm-hmm. Now, can you put cobble together a defensive effort that can hold teams down, maybe not to the elite level you have been in the past, but you still have the two-time defending defensive player of the year anchoring your defense? I think the Jazz will actually be okay on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we saw, you know, the, especially versus Portland, both teams kind of went with their regular – regular rotation for uh-huh. an extended amount of time fourth quarter near the end of it both teams cleared their benches but we did see in regular rotations that they both teams were scoring like 1.8 points per possession it was insanity yeah on uh, on uh the, the last preseason game against the trailblazers mm-hmm. and portland might be pretty good but the jazz certainly had some really nice offensive outing in that game um, like I mentioned, Boyan has admitted that he's a little lost right now still, and he's still trying to work things in. Or he said he's struggling. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really going to come together really fine. Uh, I think they're all learning to play with Rudy Gobert, and we've seen moments in the preseason where maybe they could have let their guy go a little bit instead of committing that foul, and Rudy would have been there to save them, yeah. and then they've all discussed it and be like, oh, yeah, i got to remember, i uh-huh. got Rudy behind me. Yes. And like you said, they still have the two-time defending defensive player of the year. Yeah. And uh, voted by the in the GM survey as the best defensive player interior exactly. as far as the interior goes. So I think you're right. Do you sometimes need your defense to be able to buckle down though? Yes. And so anyone who says they're 100 percent not worried about the defense, I, I am. I'd put myself in the worried that it might not be as good as I thought it would be. But I still think if they can get it into the top half, top 15 defense. You're still gonna. You might have a top ten offense, so it might really not matter. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, I look at it, and the Jazz, they have too good of a system and right. a, a, a culture around this program not to get things figured out. Yes, totally, especially and, with such defensive roots yeah, exactly. and the way Rudy wants to get things done. Quinn Snyder now can really be play with all the mastermind roles that yeah. he's, he's, he's wanted with to play with. both sides of the ball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, guys like Boyan will get up, caught up to speed. You have Joe Ingles now coming off the bench, and he's, what was he, the 62nd best player in the NBA, according to ESPN, yeah. or something like that? Having him come off the bench as your sixth man, that's a great move in my in my mind. And he's just he's dropping dimes. He is, and he's a lot of assists out of Joe. Ingles. He's he's doing exactly what they wanted him to do with, with their Back thought. Backup point guard. Yeah, great. Sure, go as right far ahead. as assist making. Point yeah, guard. yeah. He's coming in. He's making plays, and that's the nice part. I look at what the Jazz have in mind, and kind of the glimpse we've gotten this preseason of them, and it excites me because yeah. I think that they made a concerted effort to go upgrade the offense. They absolutely did that. Getting guys like Jeff Green, who... Jeff Green, I think, is the underrated cog pickup that they got in the offseason. A six foot nine stretch four who both can finish from the in, uh, in on the interior, can rebound, but also can shoot from the outside. That is a great pickup to have with your second unit. Yeah, totally. I like, I like what I've seen out of Jeff. And Moutier... In the Trailblazers game, uh-huh. I saw some nice things offensively out of him. He might not be a guy who passes very much, yeah, but he can still. Well, he had he, six assists, right? Yeah, and that's to me was a surprise. But he was driving. He makes shots at the rim. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a good corner three shooter. So him, Jeff Green, I think Ed Davis is gonna be a nice pickup, like you said. So Correct. that bench, as much as it's thought, oh maybe that might be their weak link. If those guys can kind of keep it together, I think with Joe Ingles playing with that unit i think we might be looking at something pretty good and one of the more interesting notes i heard in terms of the uh interviews with quinn snyder recently is he said that he liked moutier's care factor yeah that said a lot to me because moutier was a guy who was kind of bounced around this league and has been thought of as a guy who only looks for looks out for his own right skipped college right went overseas we had the smu debacle where he was ruled ineligible he's played overseas etc but his the perception of him coming to utah was that he was a guy who played the game to get his and what i mean is he was looking out for himself his stats his numbers With Quinn Snyder saying that his care factor is high, I think that means that it, just my perception of it is that Moutier wants to reinvent himself, and he mm-hmm. wants to play more within the con- confines of what a team organization wants to do. Yeah. And guess what? If what he did against Portland is is replicable on a nightly basis, that's a great pickup. And I like that because that only deepens what is already a deep Utah Jazz mm-hmm. team. That's totally. It. And like you were talking about with – coach snyder and mm-hmm. uh we're learning that the system is really really good oh, yeah. and he's got good offensive players out there mm-hmm. and i don't think boyan's gonna go oh of eight every single no, night no, i think not. he's gonna figure out how to be the 38 percent three-point shooter he's been in his career um and mike conley's getting more open looks than he's ever had playing a little off the ball more which like anyone else on this team he's got to get used to yeah because he has been playing off the ball. In Memphis, it was walk it up the court. I'm Mike Conley. I've got Marcus Gasol. Let's work from here. Now the Jazz are running a system where everyone brings the ball up. You've seen Boyan bring the ball up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan, Mike Conley have been doing it. So um, I think as everyone gets more settled, they're they're understanding what they need to do, but now it's more understanding, more implementation, and more communication, and getting just those little things together. Exactly, and that's that's the exciting part. If you're a jazz fan, 
you should get excited because the blender this year yeah. could be even more effective than it already is. There, there have been glimpses too, especially the lineup with um, when Ingles comes off the bench, uh-huh. but with the rest of those starters, yeah, has been has scored. All they do is score. Yeah, and it's you may be thinking to yourself, well, why don't we start with that lineup? Sometimes it's it's just not how it's going to be, especially on the defensive side. Exactly. So, uh, I think they're going to score a lot of points. The defense would worry me if the offense didn't look as good as it has. <laughs> yeah, that would, right. Yeah, because if the offense was struggling, I would think, oh, we're going to start real slow down there. Yeah, because yeah. if if the offense was struggling, in addition to the defense giving up a bunch of points, yes, we both would be like, ooh, okay. But the nice part is yeah. the offense has been rolling right from the get, and they'll figure it out because they they have defensive roots in that program. Correct, obviously. exactly. So uh, the Jazz they get going. On Wednesday, join us pre-half and post here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Jake Scott will be joined with by Ben Anderson, Tim Lacombe, and Gordy Chiesa throughout the season as they'll kind of be rotating games with Jake and myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, David Locke, Ron Boone on the call all season long. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss any jazz radio broadcasts here on the Zone Sports Network. Well, that's going to do it for us, Jake. We're yep. done. Yeah. Short uh, edition. Coming up next is uh, the Utah pregame show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't hands miss it. Hands and Huge Frank game. Dolce. Yep, hands and Frank Dolce. And then you will be heading down to Provo to host BYU pregame with Will Stone. Happy come, for you, man. To That's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Come get a burger, a shake of JCWs before the game. We'll say hi, and we'll have a lot of fun. Yep, should be good. So don't miss it. Thanks for listening to the Saturday show. Uh, download us today. Short podcast, really easy to listen to. And uh, even if you listen to it after everything goes down, Maybe we were right. Maybe we were wrong. We'll yep. find out That's as the true. day goes on. <laughs> uh, coming up next, Utah pregame. Don't miss it here on the Zone Sports Network.